Hello and welcome to the Power Switch, gaming's call-in talk radio show. My name is Peter Spasia, and today is April 1st, 2017. This is the 19th episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that's found in the typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com slash call. Uh, Rachel not here today, uh, not feeling too well, a bit under the weather. I'm even feeling a bit off myself, though that may be I was up and up since 3 a.m. I uh, just played for like seven hours straight. Mass Effect Andromeda pushed towards the end game. Got that game beaten. That was the 50 hours I put into that cheese. And that's a, for a 93% completion. So uh, really enjoyed it overall. I'm still kind of stewing over my thoughts on the game. So maybe next episode we'll get to talk a bit about just kind of review-like thoughts. But just uh, putting that out there. Also, as far as show housekeeping goes, we are uh, still trying to schedule our Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild spoiler cast. So look out for that. Anyway, a shorter show today. But I kind of wanted to get things rolling by talking about April Fool's Day. Uh, April 1st today, it's unusual that we have such a recording kind of fall exactly on this day. I've done podcasts in years past, and they've always seemed to avoid that day. And we're always talking about April Fool's Day, you know, before and after just, yeah, different shows and different years. Uh, but I kind of wanted to bring that to this show and give people the chance to talk about of where they see April Fool's Day in 2017, not only as part of the internet and its ecosystem, but also when it comes to video games, because we are a video game podcast after all. So highlights for 2017 for April Fool's Day. And and I will say there haven't really been many for a variety of reasons, which we'll get to, but uh, I've got to mention Miss Pac-Man uh, for Google. Now, a couple years ago, they did do Pac-Man with Google Maps, but people argue Miss Pac-Man, the better version of that game. So always interesting to see that like actually playable in Google Maps. That's pretty cool. Uh, Hulu did who? H-U, because... People watching TV today have such short attention spans, so they sum up TV episodes in eight seconds. Uh, Kind of an interesting way of seeing it applied, especially to shows like Seinfeld, but uh, check that out. That was interesting for an April Fool's joke. Amazon, you know, you'd think they'd stay clear of Alexa with all of the, you know, CIA data gathering drama and whatnot, Uh, but then they came out with Pet Lexa, where the, the device can read what your pets are saying when they bark or meow at it and kind of interpret that. So, okay, that's, that's, that's pretty funny, I guess. Uh, as far as the gaming side of things goes, I think you know, some of the highlights were uh, NVIDIA GeForce did a GTX G Assist, which almost looks like a mini you know, driver, like a, a video card in a way, a little flash drive. You put it into your computer and it's the idea that, oh, it's it's an AI and it can play for you and you can tweak all sorts of settings because the program is reading in the background of how you play and it can emulate your style of play because when that pizza gets delivered, oh boy, you want to get up and let the computer still play. You don't want to let your teammates down in Rainbow Six Siege, do you? Okay. It kind of gets a little weird. I, I think a Kotaku article was saying it was kind of Black Mirror like in a way, uh, just kind of the weird possibilities that technology may eventually get to, but still an April Fool's joke. And then uh, the ukulele 
DK rap spinoff, but they can't mention the DK rap, but you have David Wise, the, uh, the composer kind of, you know, taking a spin off of that. So that was certainly interesting as well. Now this year's April Fool's Day is interesting in particular, mostly because it lands on a weekend. Uh, today is Saturday. We're keeping the Saturday 3 p.m. Eastern time shoots, trying to make that a regular thing. Uh, but April Fool's Day being on a Saturday is pretty unusual, at least in the last several years as far as I can recall. Mostly because a lot of these companies that are trying to be savvy on the internet and try to come up with things, they do not want to post things over the weekend. They think it will get lost in the cycle. And so they try to put things out yesterday, Friday, March 31st, not April Fool's Day. Uh, I think it kind of defeats the point when you're kind of going away from April 1st. I know, you know, work schedules or attention spans, you know, going back to who there, uh, you know, attention spans be damned, but you kind of have to stick on April 1st. That's the whole point, especially in today's era of fake news. Uh, it kind of brings it to it a bit of an uncomfortable point, I think, this year in particular, uh, because 2017, especially in the United States, is just so unusual with the bombardment of news that we get and with the bringing up of the quote-unquote fake news. Uh, when you have false news stories come up that you know have potentially real impacts, it kind of seems strange now for April Fool's Day to come up with stories that you know, are for the fun of it, just for comedy's sake. And take this from someone who loves April Fool's Day. I love this day on the internet, but you have seen the depreciation of quality over the years. And, and I think that's part of a combo with it. This year in particular, with the weekend, with people not wanting to work over the weekend to get their stories published then, uh, versus the rise of fake news and the real impact that's had on our lives. But still, I wanted to kind of touch on my top five favorite April Fool's Day stories from video games uh, just throughout history. And it, it only goes back so far, granted. But still, I kind of made a list of a top five. And if you watched uh, my show last year, Tempo Control, it's pretty much the same list there. But uh, repurposing it for this year, giving it to a, a new audience who possibly has not heard my thoughts on April Fool's Day gaming topics. So I'll start at number five. Uh, it would be Sonic and Tails in Super Smash Brothers Melee. Uh, this is from 2002 EGM. You've probably seen the Photoshop job there with uh, Sonic kind of jumping. And this is a really interesting because that was back at a time before Sonic was in Super Smash Brothers. I mean, that was a big deal in 2008 when uh, that was with, with Brawl. Uh, or is that? No, that was 2007. It was like August, October, October 2007. It's been a while. Give me the point. Yeah, so that was October 2007. That was the delay from December. Okay, yep, got it. It's all coming back to me now. So, <laughs> But in uh, 2002 for Super Smash Brothers Melee, I mean, that was, that was a big deal for EGM to say, yeah, Sonic and Tails are in Super Smash Brothers Melee, and you have to get them by uh, 20 KOs in Cruel Melee. That's how you'll get them. Sonic and Tails will challenge you at the same time and beat Classic Mode with one of them for a special surprise. But this was back in the day of, you know, gaming magazines. I mean, you know, game news wasn't totally widespread on the internet, though the internet was a thing. It was still kind of early cable years, you know, kind of dial-up being phased out. So it worked for the time, and it's it's a it's one that 
Smash fans in particular remember to this day. Number four, I don't know how many people remember this one, but it's it's always kind of stuck with me as a favorite one of mine. Uh, the YouTuber Hawk and Gamble in 2012 made a video for Assassin's Creed for Connect. And you know, this was kind of around the time where yeah, Connect had been on the market for a couple of years and you know, it was kind of ripe for the picking as far as parody went. So Assassin's Creed Revelations had just come out the year before. This 2012 would have been Assassin's Creed 3 uh, coming out later in the year. So yeah, Revelations was the last one. Uh, a lot of prime examples of you know different possible things in the Assassin's Creed series, whether it's Desmond running in a circle on the uh, the loading screen, or just sitting on a bench and waiting for things to clear, or you're jumping from one opponent to the other to try to stab them and you end up crashing and things. It's a great video if you ever want to look up Assassin's Creed for Connect from Hawk and Gamble on YouTube. I hope it's still around. It's, it's a great one for sure. 1992, another EGM classic, Fighting Sheng Long in Street Fighter 2. Uh, it kind of started the whole, you know, rumors in gaming. It's kind of taking from, I guess, the playground and talks of how you unlock this character or this secret here and bring it into a gaming magazine. I mean, that's, you know, for 1992, that's significant. Uh, the idea was that you have to play as Ryu. You have to perfect every round up until M. Bison. Then you have to spar without hitting each other for 10 rounds. Now, that's got to be a momentous challenge uh, against that M. Bison CPU and for how difficult that was for the time. But just to avoid getting hit, but also not hit him yourself, tricky. And then apparently, Sheng Long would come out, throw M. Bison away, and then it would be a fight to the death because the timer would be stuck at 99. I mean, that's, that's pretty big. And of course, it does have ramifications where uh, in 2008, I believe, was the release year, Street Fighter IV. You had the character of Goken, who was designed after the Sheng Long mock-up. So interesting to see that come full circle for sure. 2004 was the Pokemon Challenge from Google Maps. Now, last year when I talked about this sort of same thing is, oh, it's interesting that, you know, Pokemon Go really took off this idea, but I don't know if it'll emulate it as well. Because in 2014, the Pokemon Challenge with Google Maps they had people go around and catch Pokemon and search in the real world. And then Google sent players actual certificates for those who caught all 151. Pretty remarkable. But now that we've seen how Pokemon Go has taken off and continued with Johto Pokemon now in this season two, if you will, uh, it really shows that the phenomenon has legs. And so it's another interesting aspect of a great April Fool's joke back at the time. I mean, you watch that reveal video and you're seeing some some great stuff and a lot of ideas with Pokemon Go. But you know, Niantic eventually down the line, you know, branched off of Google originally uh, with Ingress. So seeing Pokemon Go come to fruition and actually be a worldwide phenomenon uh, kind of makes you look back on this one in 2014 with some fond memories. And number one, it has to be the 2008 Legend of Zelda movie from IGN. Uh, that's one where I think video games and April Fool's Day on the internet kind of really took off mainstream. And yeah, IGN had others later down the line. I mean, they had, you know, mature Super Smash Brothers with a lot of blood or whatever. I like their uh, 2012 rendition with Mass Effect Saturday morning cartoon uh, with some Harry Partridge animation there. That's a classic. But you will always kind of remember, I think, uh, if you're a child of the internet growing up, you know, you'll remember where you were when you saw that Legend of Zelda movie. 
especially if you're a video game fan. Uh, that was that was a big moment for IGN, and 2008 seems like quite some time ago, you know, nine years, but that was a big one, and I still think that's one of the best examples of April Fool's Day for video games ever. So that's what I have to say. When we come back, we'll get to the callers. What do you think? I'd love to hear your thoughts, but you can also bring up whatever gaming topic you'd like to discuss, even if it's games you're playing recently, your favorite games, such as anything. But don't forget, you can also reply to another caller I had to say too. That's all we come back here on The Power Switch. Welcome back to The Power Switch. Yeah, it's definitely a, a different kind of show today. I mean, I know so many people are just feeling under the weather or they're just they're busy today and even I'm, I'm exhausted. I think I almost napped right before the show and I'm like, nope, gotta do a podcast even though I've been playing games a lot today and even this week, uh, we can talk about that a bit later, but let's get to the callers. I'd love to hear what you have to say and you know, let's get into it. Joining us from Illinois, Video Game Guru 64. Welcome back to The Power Switch. How are you? Good. Good, good. Well, What's on your mind today? First off, uh, Google didn't have the Miss Pac-Man, or maybe it was hacked or something, because they have Google uh, front page instead of Google. Yeah, and, and I think part of that was, uh, it, it all goes back to a lot of these companies kind of went through it yesterday. I know people at work, where I work, uh, they were playing Miss Pac-Man on Google Maps yesterday. And I don't know oh, necessarily so, what, yeah. I don't know what you know time zone that a lot of these p places go by. Uh, when exactly they start off, but uh, it it really bothered me yesterday uh, with you know a lot of these just March thirty first times going up, and I know halfway across the world, yeah, it's April first, but maybe it's just the this American ethnocentrism and sort of thing just going on, like oh, America's the center of the internet and all that. But I don't know. I, I think maybe just the time expired when we were recording this, you know, just after three p.m. on April first, and <laughs> you think it would still be up, so. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, so, all right. Interesting to see that it's back to regular Google Maps. Yeah. And then it's my mom's birthday today. So, <laughs> oh, well, happy birthday yeah. to your mom. I mean, that's that's got to be interesting with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well wishes, April Fools. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, I just want to talk about what I've been playing and stuff. Yeah, no problem. So, Absolutely. I've been playing uh, Last of Master Zero and. I actually beat the game, but it wasn't uh, the true ending of the game, so I have to go back and beat it. Okay, interesting. I, that's interesting that a game like that has a true ending. I mean, you, you definitely see these well, things like that in uh, you know, things like visual novels and the like, but that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I've heard good things about Blaster Masters here. I mean, you enjoyed it then? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for those that don't know, is it mostly just I've seen some top-down shooting, some side-scrolling. I mean, what, what is the gameplay like in that? I know it's, you know, taking from the original so, NES game, but... So, the original NES game is side-scrolling when you're in the overworld, and when you uh, get out and uh, do dungeon-type uh, things, like there's little um, caves in the overworld, so if you go out and, uh, and you, you can uh, go out with your man... Uh, his name is Jason, and uh, he uh, goes out and does, like, a uh, dungeon, and that's where the top-down uh, perspective uh, kicks in. 
and uh, it zoomed in and uh, like the little dungeons. So, mm, and mm. Uh, that then uh, it might not be in all dungeons, but various dungeons has like a boss uh, health upgrade, uh, something at the end to want you exploring. Okay, that's that's really interesting. And you're playing this on Nintendo Switch. Yep, I'm playing this on Nintendo Switch. I don't 3DS as well, so. Yeah, it is on 3DS too. But uh, you're enjoying using the Switch. I mean, for games yeah. besides just Zelda, you called in the show in the past and seem to be enjoying that. But that's really good to hear. Yeah, and then uh, Snake Pass. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that came, came out, out uh, last week, and uh, it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. Those <laughs> snake <laughs> physics, yeah. Snake physics are just like twisting and turning, and it's really hard. <laughs> I had to put it on uh, easy controls mm. because if you have it on normal controls, you have to press down the button to actually move forward. <laughs> so mm, okay, that is that's unusual. You have to press down the button and then uh, forward button on your control stick, and then you can move forward. So. Yeah, I've seen yeah. some gameplay of it and definitely have to rely on the odd physics and get the momentum going and you're going over ridges and, and all that. Um, yeah, it, it seems like it's kind of borrowing some of the charm, at least visually, uh, that we'll see in a couple weeks with ukulele. Uh, but that, that seems to be a good thing. Uh, just, you know, more games sort of styled like that and have the colors sort of sell you and it's not about the, the hyper-realism there. Uh, but yeah, that's, that sounds like a good game too. Yeah, and then I started and completed uh, Bomberman R, a story <laughs> mode. So, <laughs> and is that a really like, short uh, one? Yesterday, it's really short. It's huh. like six state, uh, six worlds. Wow! But wow. in those six worlds, it's like uh, five worlds have eight levels. The sixth are, is just the boss. Okay. But yeah. So I mean, it sounds like it's not just like an hour long. I remember when I played something like uh, was Sonic and the Black Knight. And I, I got credits yeah. to roll in three hours. I, I felt ripped off. Now, granted, there's the, more after that, but fine. But you know what this? Because, yeah, uh, I, was, I was like, there's more after you get the credits to roll. But <laughs> yeah, that that was that was ridiculous. But I mean, what for Konami to come back with uh, Bomberman? That seemed to be a game that a lot of people wanted to put some faith in there because of the revitalization of that IP. Uh, but I mean, when you say, you know, five or six worlds and eight levels, that's, that's okay. It, it can be done. Yes, yeah, certainly in several hours, but, uh, you know, the multiplayer is what I, they really want to sell. I'd imagine. So that makes sense, but is it good? At least the, the short campaign. Uh, yeah, it was good. It's just Bomberman uh, action though. The problem I, I've seen having the tiles are grid based, but you don't move in grid based fashion. So mm. it's kind of hard to go around those corners and not blow, blow up on your own bombs. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see that. That That's tricky. And it, it makes sense for you know the older games when it is kind of locked into there. Just yeah. a lot of the strategy. Huh, interesting. Interesting. If there was such a control method or. Uh, if if uh, Konami could patch that in to make it good base, then it would probably be better. But yeah, yeah, that's that's really interesting to to consider. I, 
I haven't seen really any gameplay. I haven't played it myself, but that would certainly add a, a, a new element for sure. It's becoming more and more apparent that, you know, when I'm playing games, I mean, for the last week and a half, I put 50 hours into Mass Effect and drama at the, the top of the show. But as, as much as I was sitting on that couch and I'm lucky to be playing on a, a big screen for that game and that really helped kind of sell the, the big encompassing worlds. But the more I played it, the more I'm like, man, I would just love to play this on Nintendo Switch, just something on in the background. And I'm just, especially, there's a, there's a part in Mass Effect Andromeda where you're exploring the worlds and you're kind of, you know, going to each planet and kind of checking off and it helps for the overall completion percentage. In past Mass Effect games, it would be you go to this galaxy and you just, you know, click on each world and they load up right away and you either mine for resources or you scan for anomalies to, you know, probe and get certain things from those planets. And it's all very quick and it doesn't take too much time. But in Andromeda here, one of the biggest issues I had with it, to be honest, and there are some, but it's not like, you know, some people are saying, oh, the the animations, some of them are a problem, but I didn't find it too distracting. As far as just gameplay and flow and, and when you're used to playing the trilogy, in these new little clusters of planets, like little small solar systems in a way, first it takes time to have your ship go to those, those worlds. And then in that, it takes time for the ship to fly to each individual world. It's like 10, 15, 20 seconds between you know going to the planet and then you gotta either you know, get your resources there or whatever. And then you take another 10, 15 seconds to go to the next one. And it's like, in the past, with the trilogy, it's just bam, bam, bam. And it, it really made me think, if I were playing this on Switch, at least I could pass the time with just having a podcast on or having a YouTube video up on another another screen or something like that. But instead, like it was it was social media catch up time for me. And it was just so back and forth distracting. So I, I'm glad to hear that you're getting a lot of playtime on your Nintendo Switch. And especially with some of these these indie games before we get, you know, Mario Kart uh, later this month and, and things like that. Well, and uh, I'm just wondering uh, if I should pick up uh, Lego City Undercover next week. Yeah, I guess it depends on on what you have left to play. Um, you know, I'm yeah. going to be not even just knee deep, not chest deep, maybe neck deep into Persona Five for the next month yes. at least. When I hear people in the reviews and man, a Metacritic of ninety four, uh, yeah, I knew it was going to be good. I was thinking like ninety one, ninety two. I didn't think it'd be ninety four. I'm I'm thrilled with that. Uh, but when I uh, see people saying an average completion time of 105 hours, dude, like, come on. That's good. It's, I'm, I'm happy with it, but that game is going to be my life. Yeah. Uh, personally, I'm not really excited for Persona 5, but if I ever get a PS4, and it will probably be this year, because hopefully, hopefully, Kingdom Hearts 3 uh. will come out this year, <laughs> and I can... And I can validate my purchase of a PS4. Yeah, <laughs> so. one can hope with uh, with Kingdom Hearts 3, though. I wouldn't hold your breath just yet. They they have a lot of work to do on that game. Uh, yeah, PS4 is going to be eventually be a great purchase. But yeah, like the holiday will be probably a good time for that for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think if you don't have much else to play and you're looking for something to do, I'm hearing good things about uh, LEGO City Undercover. I mean, 
I think it, what it's another Wii U port essentially. With, with the whole um, always online and uh, gigabytes of uh, storage space. Oh yeah, that's another uh, story that came up. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that that's totally false. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, interesting that Warner Brothers had to come out and clarify that like what was on their actual website was incorrect. Like that was that was a weird sort of see. But uh, again, it's it's gonna come down to people, you know. It's whether they want to get it digitally or uh, the physical media, really, at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I think if you missed that one on Wii U, I, I hear good things about that. Uh, so yeah, if you're looking for that, check that one out for sure. And then uh, ukulele's coming out in what, April 11th. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be really good. But it's only coming out for the PS4 and Xbox One. Who knows with the Switch version? Right, so, right. Yeah, we we are a, a backer, so I think we have ours coming on PC. Actually, yeah, I'm 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 a backer too, and I have mine on uh, the Switch. So hopefully, it's not too long. Oh wait, yeah, yeah maybe, what they said during this, yeah they said during that Nindy showcase. What very soon, and yeah, I I hope yeah. I hope you guys aren't are burned too long. I mean, Switch uh, does seem like the ideal place to play it. I would think maybe a week maybe two yeah i think anything more than a month port- and you start porting. to raise some questions there yeah who who knows what the porting process is really <laughs> yeah i mean it's supposed to be easier and is you know kind of similar to a ps4 and xbox one just lower respect so yeah oh so i'm a funimation now subscriber uh-huh <laughs> and uh they just put out uh season two of the series My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just put that out today, and then uh, they just put out uh, um, Titan Season 2, Episode 26 uh, today also. Yeah, see, at first I thought that's where you're going with uh, with Shingeki no Kyojin, Attack on Titan. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see that, but I'm, I'm not a Funimation Now subscriber. I think I still have a Crunchyroll account still sitting around, yeah. but I know they want to work closer together and all that, but yeah, that's that is worth getting exciting for. But yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, have you ever played any of the Attack on Titan like games for 3DS, uh, ones for PS4? I uh, gonna pick up Attack on Titans for 3DS, but I hear it's not so good. Mm-hmm. I, I hear the 3DS version is pretty weak, but the PS4 version that came out it was within the last year or so. Yeah, yeah, supposed that, to be pretty that, good. That uh, seems pretty good. So maybe um, whenever I pick up a PS4, I will get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Video Game Guru so. 64, we can find you on Twitter and all places on the internet at that handle. Uh, I hope you have a, uh, a great rest of yep. your April Fool's Day and happy birthday to your mother. That's a, that's a good day to be born. <laughs> yeah. And uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy playing some games. And I hope you get around to some Lego City there. Yeah. All right, thanks for the calls. I mean, it's it's a shorter day on the phone lines today, a shorter episode. Maybe people saw that, you know, hey, we're recording you know, Saturdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, and is, is that an April Fool's joke? I don't know. Uh, so maybe <laughs> maybe that's the case. But no, it's all right. So we get a shorter one today. Uh, when we come back, we talk to guests and ask them about their favorite games. And I've been wanting to do this for a little while and just got around to it now, I suppose. Probably should provide some context on what my top five favorite games are so that'll be when we come back here on the power switch 
Welcome back to the Power Switch. This week's tempo control music is brought to you by Okami. You can find a new video game music top 10 list from a specific game soundtrack every Tuesday over at youtube.com slash rhymes with Asia. Now, when we've had guests on the show so far, we had Alex O'Neill, we had Jeremy Baker, great guests, looking forward to having more in the near future. But we asked them, because it's a, it's a fun question to have, and maybe even when callers call and they can think about it too, because I think when you talk about a person's top five favorite games, it kind of shows a little microcosm of who they are as a game player, what their history with games is. Uh, so I wanted to provide some context, and I've kind of been mulling it over for a while, and I wanted to give you my top five favorite games of all time. Now, it's not saying which are the best games, it's, you know, the games that kind of mean the most to me. And so it really all depends on when they come and hit at a certain point in my life. I want to make a distinction that I do a, you know, top game, a one per franchise. So it's not like, I mean, I love the Pokemon games, but I'm not going to put all of these Pokemon games in my top five playlist. So here we go. Top five favorite games. Let's go number five, Mass Effect 2. Uh, Mass Effect 2 is a, just a great great game and you know for all the third person shooters that are out there uh, this one is special just because the characters the story like the, the story with the suicide mission there's actual weight and consequence to what you do and this one is just so easily replayable i mean i play the first mass effect it's fine it's a bit outdated uses a bit more rpg elements uh, i'm going through mass effect 3 i was playing it on the side when other people were playing mass effect andromeda over these last couple weeks and yeah 3 is fine 3 is actually better than i remember to be honest but there's something about 2 2 caught the fascination of a lot of people and that's me included uh that that hit a big point in 2010 my last year of college and uh i I really love that game. Played that one multiple times. Number four, Pokemon Heart Gold Soul Silver. Uh, again, I love the Pokemon games, but if I had to pick one, uh, it would be those you know Gen Four remakes of Generation Two. I had Soul Silver personally. Uh, Heart Gold's you know, just as good, honestly. I mean, Gold and Silver are probably one of the best Pokemon games as far as just for the breadth of the content that it offers. Uh, but Heart Gold Soul Silver to give that not only the boost of graphics and the boost of what they learned from Gen 3 and how Pokemon changed with the IVs, with the changing of you know special and physical attacks and you know which are physical based on the move, not just with the type. All of those improvements that Gen 4 brought along applied to the best, you know, just structure of game with gold and silver. Heart Gold and Soul Silver, there, those are the best games. If anyone had to start with a classic Pokemon game, and like it still looks fine on DS, like that, it looks a bit older, but it has enough, you know, modernization, I guess, of that classic Pokemon formula that you know HeartGold and Soul Silver really stand out. And those are fantastic games. But I've I've played Soul Silver so many so many times, and uh, I really love that one. Number three, Super Smash Brothers. Brawl. Uh, Brawl is not the best Smash Brothers game, uh, let's be honest, but it means the most to me because of starting podcasting to talk about the weekly weekend updates that covered all the latest news with Super Smash Brothers Brawl. But to cover that pre-launch hype and to grow a community of friends, of colleagues, of acquaintances, even, you know, people that I would love to talk to about Smash and things beyond uh 
that was that was a really special game for me because getting involved with podcasting and growing those skills to be able and to be comfortable talking on a microphone in front of other people, uh, that was a big deal. It kind of helped with my transition to study uh, film in college and you know what that turned into for my job that I currently have. The job I have is because I was able to you know, have a podcast and grow these media skills based on originally what was Super Smash Brothers Brawl. And yeah, there's things like tripping in Brawl. It's it's a pretty floaty game. But for things like just the base game, the subspace emissary, the hacking that was done with Brawl on the Wii, Project M would only be possible with Brawl as its fundamental sort of construct. Super Smash Brothers Brawl means a whole lot to me. And so it has to be on my top five favorite games of all time. And three is a pretty good spot. It means a lot to me, not just for the memories I have playing the game, but it's for the friends that I've made, for the skills that I've honed, and the future that it's given me. Number two, The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. Uh, We had Jeremy on last episode and he talked about how wind waker was his favorite game and i concur it's it's definitely one of the ones with the most personality and heart to it it's one that i can easily replay again and again and know all the little things about it Uh, it also helps that it's one of my wife's favorite games as well so we we bond over that easily Uh, zelda is an important series that i've talked about on this show uh, but wind waker in particular is one that stands out the most. Uh, it, you know, seeing Wind Waker HD when that was announced and then to be able to play that and experience that in a, a whole different way with things like the uh, the Swift Sail, uh, that was that was a special one. I mean, I prefer the HD version if I had to pick between the two, but overall Wind Waker, that's, that's a really, really important game to me. But I've said it before, I'll say it again. As of now, because the list can change, but right now my favorite game of all time is Persona 4 Golden. Uh, the world that that creates, the town of Inaba, the characters that you spend that year in rural Japan, uh, and it's there's so many memories. And playing it on Vita, with the improvements to Persona 4, uh, it, that's the ultimate way of playing that game. I've spent so many hours exploring that world and, and the dungeons and social links and fusing the personas together. It's it's really my kind of game, and having that portably. I'm really going to be interested when Persona 5 rolls around because one of the critiques, if any, was that the pacing of Persona 5 feels like it's more meant for a handheld. And that's where Persona 4 Golden really struck it at a perfect balance. That is, it was the pick up and play at any time sort of idea there. Uh, But the characters really, really sell the world. If I've ever gotten emotional at a game, it's, it's the ending to that game with that song like I've gotten misty-eyed. I don't think I've ever like broken down and cried or sobbed or wept at a game, but like when it gives you like those misty-eyed feelings, like that has happened on, on a few occasions at the end of Persona 4. Like even hearing that final song, like I, I get chills. And that that means so much to me. And for Persona 5 to come out in a couple days from now. I, my my life is gonna be just devoted to it. I, I I'm excited and kind of scared in a way. And uh, if that game exceeds what I loved on Persona 4 Golden, like that will be my favorite game of all time. And that is daunting to think about. So it's really just interesting to think about this amazing start that we've had to 2017. 
and I've said it before, but it really is worth repeating, especially when looking at this list of five, that these three games that have come out in March and you know soon to be April here uh, that I have been playing with The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, with Mass Effect Andromeda, with Persona 5, they were games that were announced a couple of years ago. Uh, 2014, I think all of them were announced in some capacity. And they said, oh, they'd be in 2015. Oh, no, 2016. Oh, 2017. And the fact that they all came out one month, essentially, from each other, that's remarkable in itself. But it's even more so because they are sequels to what I would say are some of my top five favorite games of all time. Breath of the Wild, you know, sequels down the line from Wind Waker. Mass Effect Andromeda, Sequels down the line from Mass Effect 2. Persona 5, a sequel in a way to Persona 4 Golden. That's pretty amazing. And it just shows what a a great 2017 it is for gamers overall, but most importantly for me personally. I I don't think I can, you know, really put that into words how, how powerful that is for me personally. Anyway, that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com and we're on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. You can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at PowerSwitchPod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to The Power Switch on podcast services such as iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you could be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. Most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com slash call. It's a small but growing community, and in these early months of the show, it'll be easier than ever to have your voice heard on this podcast. If you want a YouTube video to watch for this week, I've been on this weird kick when it comes to YouTube of vines. Vine compilations. I know the service died at the end of last year. But some people have taken compilations or continue to use short videos. I mean, the short video form still exists. But there's some power in the oddity of humanity and the creativity that we have. Or just, there, it goes from strange to hilarious to anywhere in between. Uh, so if you want one to watch just a, a Vine collection to kind of get yourself started, uh, the YouTube channel Quick Flashback has one in all caps that says, R.I.P. Vine. Most Iconic Vines. Uh, It's about 10 minutes. Give it a start. Go from there. Go on those YouTube tangents and uh, just lose hours to it. That's kind of what I've been doing the last week or so. It's it's a little scary how much time that eats up. Anyway, yes, no fooling. Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to try to stick to that. Hopefully my wife gets better. I'd love to have Rachel back here next time. I want to get her top five favorite games on here. I know I want to kind of get that in here and get you to learn a bit more about her and her gaming preferences as well. I was just thinking about it now. I mean, it really shows with my games. I mean, what, 2010, 2011, 2008, 2002, and then 2012. I mean, the original 2008 for Persona 4. Uh, Those are all kind of later games in a way, but it goes to show that, you know, I started console gaming on, uh, on GameCube in 2003, so a couple years after launch. And so my gaming tastes have kind of shifted more towards uh, kind of mainstream games. And so 
it'll be interesting to see those who have really grown up, you know, ever since they were very young with games and brought that into their life. We saw that with Jeremy last week with uh, things like Super Mario World and Sonic 3 and Knuckles and things like that to make his top five favorites. So start thinking about your favorite games. Uh, when you call on the show, let me know. I'm always interested to hear these top five lists for people for sure. Uh, but yeah, anyway, we'll uh, hopefully maybe have one during the week. Depends on the gaming news that happens. I didn't want to talk about Destiny 2. I don't have much frame of reference for Destiny, to be honest. So didn't feel like I could talk about that adequately enough. So, But that was really the big story from this past week. Hopefully something comes up that we'll all talk about it and kind of give this forum to kind of communicate with each other in this call-in format. We'd really love that. So stay tuned to the Discord channel as that develops. Uh, also on Twitter. Regardless whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I'm Peter Spezia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on.